And welcome back to another edition of the On the Board Sports Podcast. I am your host, Will Trucci, a.k.a. Will C, coming to you from Long Island, New York, along with my main man, my co-host, the one, the only, in living color, Sean Thomas, a.k.a. Sean on the mic. Sean, what's going on, buddy? How are Hello, you? What's, what's going on, my friend? Not much, man. Pretty good, pretty good. Feeling like a June, July summer day on October 3rd, Will. So the weather's nice and feeling good, so... Ready to talk some sports, bro. Yeah, man. It's been an absolutely unbelievable week. By the way, you have to do more solo episodes. I love I that. Thank you. I love what I heard. Thank you so on I appreciate that. My on my time away from, yeah. from here from the States. So thank you. My sir. vacation was that. good, but we're back and we're gonna be recording more episodes. So it's been absolutely unbelievable. Uh really. Sean, it, it's been for football. We'll get into football first, and then we'll talk about baseball. By the way, I'm wearing a net shirt. I love that, sir. Thank you. I appreciate that. Training camp started today. Go, Brooklyn, go. <laughs> yes, sir. Even though I don't root for the Nets, I, I like them. But I anyway, yeah, of course. We got to talk about football. Yeah. And with the way how things have been thus far over the course of time, we got to start off here with the Jets. Yeah. They're one and three right now, but... I nobody, mm-hmm. nobody. Well, I'll be that guy. Okay. One guy thought that maybe this game would be close, and it was close. It was a 23-20 loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. The defending Super Bowl champions come in. And I gotta say this, man, the Jets, they played well. They made their adjustments after that brutal first quarter. It looked like it was getting away from them really fast. Yeah. And they found a way. They found a way to come back and tie the game. And they had multiple opportunities to win it. Now, say what we want all about the referees. The referees were the storyline, but the storyline here is Zach Wilson coming through and actually playing a a good game. Mm -hmm. Outside of the fumble in the fourth quarter, I thought he played exceptionally well. He found a way to go out there and basically – Bring this team back yeah. from a 17-0 hole. And Robert Sala made adjustments. Nathaniel Hackett, I thought, made adjustments. And they found a way to ultimately tie it. Now, they couldn't find a way to win it. It is what it is. I'll get your thoughts right here, right now on this one. How do you feel about the Jets after what happened after this week four performance? Yeah, so, um, you know, well, you know, I, I, it's 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 one of those things where, you know, any Jets slander will towards Zach should cease, at least for this week. Right. He played well. Yes, the fumble at the end was not great. No. It looked like he was looking, looking to see what was going on before he caught the ball. If you've played a uh, quarterback, that happens. That, that always happens, Will. But um, listen, the Jets played well enough to win. And, um, you know, the defense, kudos to the defense, catching two picks. It was C.J. Uh, Mosley, and I forgot who caught the second Ashton pick. Ashton Davis. Ashton Davis. He uh, he caught the first one. C.J. Mosley caught uh, the second one. C.J. Mm-hmm. Mosley should have, too. I agree. Uh, but, um, listen, the defense played well. They got after Patrick Mahomes. They limited Travis uh, Kelsey. So the Jets did everything defensively that they had to do. Offensively, they moved the ball. You know, and yeah. you saw Zach hitting different guys. Garrett was always going to get his. Alan Lazard scored. Mike Gacorda caught some passes. Tyler Conklin caught some. Randall Cobb caught some. So, you know, Zach spread the ball around. And 
you know, it's like, where has this offense been the whole year? Well, not the whole year. It's only been uh, four games. But the first three games, where has this offense been? Right. And, um, you know, but, well, but I think it's a positive, but it's also, I guess, a bad thing, too, because, again, on the positive, the Jets played well enough to win on yeah. both sides of the ball yeah. and really all three phases. But the bad part is, and for lack of a better term, I'm saying bad, is you played well enough with Zach and you still lost. So I think that's the other hand. It's like, all right, well, if this is the best we're going to play and we didn't win, how, like, is this a indicator of how the season is going to go? So, listen, the Jets played well. Um, that uh, call on Sauce that, you know, really, you know, like that was the end of the game, really, really, the, you know, Patrick Holmes ran for the first down and that was it. It was a... A flag should have been thrown, but it was the wrong call. I think people forget, and the refs got it wrong. You cannot touch the receiver after five yards. Correct. The call should have been illegal touching, not holding or passing interference, whatever it was. So I know Jets fans are upset. It wasn't a call. The ref did the right thing in, in throwing a flag. It was way past the five yards. It was he way late. The, it, it was it, way it, late. It was also way late. It I was think, way late. Right. I think that's maybe what got everybody upset is that not until I think it was I don't I forgot who the player that picked up the ball, and that's when the ref threw. It was the Michael flag. Carter the second. Michael Carter second got the interception. That right, and he and and he catches the pass, and, and then it's like, then you throw the flag, and it's like that's why people are like, oh, the refs are on the chief side, and Taylor Swift was there. You can't lose if, if Taylor Swift came to MetLife to watch. Yeah, um, you know what I'm saying. So, but well, I mean, you know, it, it the one thing I would like to see the Jets do going forward is you got to use Brees Hall more. Oh, I agree. And, you know, six um, touches in that game was absolutely a crime, right? For him to actually see that, right? Like he's offensively, he's the second best player on the team. Garrett is one. Brees is number two on the offensive side. On offensive side, yes, yeah. So it's like you know, so you have to feed him. That's going to make the game easier for Zach. And like we said on this show, the Jets have a better run blocking line than pass a blocking line. Right. Kudos to the pass uh, blocking though. Beckton played well, probably his best game of the year. Lincoln Tomlinson played well. Lincoln Tomlinson, the whole line. Conor McGovern, uh, Tipman. Tipman had to go up against uh, Chris Jones the entire game. He, Listen, Chris Jones is going to get hit. He's, oh, yeah. Besides Quentin Williams and Aaron Donald, Chris Jones is probably the third best defensive tackle in the whole league. Like, he's a force. Yeah. So the fact that, you know, Tipman as a first-year guy only is second start. His second start, his fourth game. The fact that he, you know, was able to neutralized for lack of a better term right. Chris Jones was pretty pretty good and um so there were a lot of uh, um positives well um you know and the negatives are things that can be worked on but now you transition from a prime time game against the Chiefs to a game on the road in Denver coming off a great comeback win this is the week I think the Jets had circled when Sean Payton was talking all that crap about Nathaniel Hackett and yada 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 I know last year was a while back, but the Jets did go into Denver last year and put pause and beat them. Uh, and, you know, and they won that game. Well, yeah. granted, it's different teams, different coaches, yada, yada, yada. But, right. you know, um, well, this is a make or break for the Jets only because you got Philly after that. Oh, absolutely. And granted, it's at home, but Philly's looking like the machine they were last season. <laughs> and so this is a must win for the Jets. And you would like to see them put it all together. Defense, 
after playing bad the, uh, the last couple, well, not really bad, but not up to par. The past couple weeks had a very good game. Zach had his best game out of the four so far. Can you bring that on the road to hostile territory, to the thin air, into Denver? And you got to play Russell Wilson. Last year, they did not play Russell Wilson. Correct. And Russell Wilson, this is, well, if anybody that watch has watched the Broncos play, the issue in Denver is not on offense. It's the defense. That, and that's, that's, and that's saying a lot. It's saying a lot. That's saying a lot because last year they were one of the best-rated defensive teams in football. Correct. Something's not working with Denver on the defensive side. But, well, I think a lot of positives. I don't think Joe Beningo and Tiki Barber are, are going to fight and Tiki going to have to walk off the set now. Uh, well, they, this they, week. They, they kissed and made they up hashed yesterday. It out. Yeah, right. They hashed it out. They hashed it out. So I don't think we're going to see that this week. But a lot of positives – the negatives can be worked on. But this is a must win for the Jets because Agreed. if you lose this week, you lose to Philly one and five after six games. It's a tough hole to climb out. Correct. It is. It's, it's a very tough hole to climb out of. And I, I got a couple of things here. Okay. First and foremost, the game itself. I was at the game. I'm, last week, I wasn't there, me being on vacation. But this week, seeing how many Jet fans sold their tickets – and put him out there on the market and to see 90% Chiefs fans, 90% red. That, a lot of red in there. That was embarrassing. Okay. That was absolutely embarrassing. So for the Jet fan, and I, I get it after what happened the past couple of weeks with Zach and with the team and how they played. You throw in the towel in week four already. Guys, what are you doing? Yeah, You bought season tickets for a reason to support this team. Yeah. Not to go out there and say, oh, Aaron, we bought season tickets to watch Aaron Rodgers. No, you bought tickets to watch the New York football Jets. That's what you did. And, you know, whether or not it's with Aaron or whether or not it's with, you know, Zach Wilson at quarterback, you're there to root for laundry at that point. You're there to root for the green and white. You're not there to root for individual players. If you are, you can go – and watch the Chiefs play. You could go and watch the Patriots play for that matter. You know, you could go be a bandwagon fan in that sense. Right. You know, don't come here and tell me somebody or passionate fans like Fireman Ed or Hulk Hands or the people that run Gotham City crew to, you know, to basically come back and just say, hey, you know, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? Like, right. there's only 10%. At least maybe, I'll be generous, 20% of Jet fans were in attendance. And the, the the roar, the roar of Chiefs fans when they came running out of the tunnel was way louder than when the Jets came out. That's sad. Yeah. That's sad. That's number one. So that's my bone to pick right there with the Jet season ticket holders. And guess what? In two weeks, we mentioned Philadelphia. Oh boy. They're they're oh they're only god. they're only an hour away oh from god. MetLife Stadium. Oh my god. They're only a Met, they're only an hour away from MetLife Stadium. It's so, gonna be the wrong shade of green. Exactly. <laughs> so well they're probably gonna be wearing white that day. Right, right, right. But regardless, you're right. It is gonna be the wrong shade of green. That's you, you think that the Chiefs fans were bad. Oh boy. Wait till the Eagle fans come in. Oh boy. It's gonna be bad. So that's and I, I, I got to experience that back in 2019. Mm -hmm. That one was bad. So that that's number one. Number two, the first drive of the game for the Jets defense. You you go out there, you win the coin toss, 
make a stop. Make a stop, guys. Like, I get it. You guys are a really good defensive bunch. You guys have great individual names. But so far this year, whether or not it was against Dallas or whether or not it was against Kansas City this past Sunday, mm -hmm. they could not stop a nosebleed on the opening drive. Mm -hmm. And then afterward, they figured out a way. They made their adjustments. But still, you know, they just couldn't. They couldn't contain it, you know? Yeah. And it's like, as a fan, when is enough enough, you know, of, of seeing this? And then, you know, number three in all of this, okay, we got to see McCole Hardman play. We got to see Jeremy Ruckert, who made an, a positive impact. He had himself a couple of nice catches. He had himself a couple of nice blocks with Joe Tipman. And it's like, why isn't this kid playing more? Right. You know, you gotta, you gotta do something here. Dalvin Cook is a shell of himself. He looks like he doesn't want to be here right. at this point in time. He hate, hate, hate to say it. No, you're right. He doesn't. Hate to say it, you know. But it's this is from what I see from three forty four row seven C three. I was talking about that uh, with my Jets friend, Jets fan friend. Yeah. At the, the, the other day, the Jets need to play Michael uh, Cardamore. They definitely do. They, they have they, him compliment they have to. Bruce. And open to. up a open up a roster spot, and trade Davin Cook or just let him go because he, he's 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 to me giving him carries over Brees Hall and giving him opportunities over Michael Carter is not uh, helping the Jets. I, I agree, but you know we'll we'll see what happens as as the year goes on with that whole situation of brewing, and then you know you look at it from the coaching perspective, I, I give Sal a lot of credit at the end of the game, but as the game went on, on certain fourth and one place, you're not going for it. Right. Adam Gase would have went for, for it on fourth and one. Yeah. Adam fucking Gase. Yeah. Okay. Adam Gase and the 2019-2020 New York Jets would have went for it in that spot. And instead, they don't, they go out there, they kick a field goal, and then at the end of the half, the same spot, Zerline misses a 52-yard field goal. It's tough. Doinks it off the off the upright. And, you know, I'm sitting here, like, saying, you can't I, – I, I had you in my head. I had your voice in my head. So basically saying, going up against teams like the Chiefs, you can't give up. You can't score three points nope. against a Kansas City Chiefs nope. team, bro. Nope. You need touchdowns in order to win. Yep. You have to. Three and get your beat. And – you know, you play that conservative route, you play that conservative route, and it's not going to work out. Nope. So, in a way, like, they shot themselves in the foot. And then finally, finally, you know, I give all this praise for Zach. And the one thing that I will say, which is a positive, and then I'll go to the negative. The Jets actually got a touchdown right out of the second half. They did. That is something that you never see. You they never did. see that. Yeah, they That's did. like... Haley's Comet passing by every <laughs> once in a while. The Jets, they score on their first possession in the second half. They go down the field. They do what they got to do. And, you know, at the end of the game with Zach, you know, the fumble really cost them that game. But they also had opportunities the defense did trying to stop him. But in a way, you got to play that complimentary mm -hmm. style of, of, of criticism here. Mm -hmm. So there's that. And then finally, finally, Rodney fucking Harrison. Oh, boy. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Oh, boy. Rodney fucking Harrison, screw you, okay? You get paid millions of dollars. And I thought when I was watching that whole that whole piece with Chris Jones, 
I thought I was watching Keith Jones back in the 2020 Stanley Cup playoff bubble in which he was a studio analyst and how he was a big homer for the Flyers that year and the Islanders were playing the Flyers. I'm saying to myself, what a fucking dick <laughs> Keith Jones was. And now he's working for the Flyers, ironically enough. And then you look at Rodney Harrison basically shitting on Zach Wilson, saying that he's not special. It's like, guy, we get it. You're a Super Bowl champion. You're very fortunate enough to have played with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and those guys. But who the fuck are you to say somebody is special or not? And to go out there and shit on somebody. You're there to be fair, okay? Bad enough that you have multiple Patriot pieces on national media, whether it's the McCourty brothers, whether it's Rodney Harrison, Tom Brady, maybe down the road, you know, where, where is the fairness here in all of this? Where is it? Fuck you, Rodney Harrison. Fuck you. That's all I got to say on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. And on the flip side, kudos to Chris Jones. Who praised Zach Wilson and Mike and Michael, uh, the, the the defensive end from the Cowboys? Yes, um, uh, Michael uh, Parsons. Michael yeah. Parsons, yeah, yeah. You know um, but like in but in Rodney Harrison's face, Chris Jones said the complete opposite. Yeah, he gave Zach Wilson credit. Yeah, he gave the Jets a uh, credit. It's almost like the Chiefs were surprised that they got this fight from the oh, uh, Jets. Yeah. It's almost like the Chiefs thought, all right. We'll win this game to 35-10 yeah. and they'll fly back home. And it's like, wait, we we well, if Zach doesn't fumble that ball, I the Jets probably score on that drive. And the Chiefs were having the Chiefs only scored, I think, three points in the second half. Maybe yeah, maybe uh maybe uh more, but like they did not have a lot of success in the yeah. second half. And if we're being in an honest here, well, Patrick Mahomes didn't really throw the ball well in that game. Zach it Wilson was, out-dueled. Patrick Mahomes. It was Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah. And the Jets not being able to stop the run, which is not just like the Jets have, you know, for, for yes, they've yeah. had bad teams over the past um a couple uh, well, not bad teams, but teams that did, haven't made the playoffs the past couple of years, but the run defense, especially the last couple of years, has been very, very good. So for Isaiah Pacheco, Randy, that he came back home. He's from the state. So it was the homecoming, and I'm sure he wanted to play well, and he did. So I think that's where the judge lost is that you stopped the pass, but you couldn't uh, uh, stop the run. But, yeah, I mean, uh, shout-out to Michael Parsons. Shout-out to Chris Jones for having Zach uh, Wilson's back. And they and listen, they understand what – listen, Zach Wilson did not think he'd be playing in these games. No. He thought, I'm just going to back up Aaron. I'm going to support him. Gonna buy his coffee. I'm gonna make sure he's do whatever. I'm what, what whatever Aaron Rodgers needs. Right. I'll be there. I'll play in garbage time when we're losing. Garbage time when we're getting smoked. Whatever the case may be, he did not think this. And Nathaniel Hackett is trying to recreate an offense on the fly because his offense was predicated for an Aaron. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I mean, look, look, well, you know, positive, positive things for the Jets. It's not too late to turn the season around just yet i know listen the i know the jets lost to the patriots the patriots are a mess they are i mean and, and, and let me say this with, with the patriots <laughs> they too. Are a mess. you know yeah you, you you beat the jets that's great but at least the jets put up a fight in the first half right. with the cowboys how the hell do you get blown out 24 to 3 right in the first half right of their game how please explain to me how right at that point in time and right. the, the jets had zach wilson at that point in time too. So I don't want to hear I don't want to hear Patriot talk. You know, they 
They deserve what they get. Screw Mac Jones too, by the way, and other Patriots. <laughs> but that's that's a story for a different time. But the main thing is, and I'm just going to say this here with with the Jets. Okay, now I'm going to leave it leave it alone. If they find a way mm-hmm. to execute the run game mm-hmm. against Denver, they'll be fine. If they find a way to go out there and let Zach Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett has to trust in Zach, if he can find a way to go out there and let him rip the ball, they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. But I'm not going to be one of those guys that's going to say, oh, Zach Wilson is a future superstar here after one game. There's He's got to prove it week in and week out. He has to. Without without any, you know, without anything going on, so we got to find out and see what happens with the Jets from here on out. You know, it's it's going to be, it's a like I've been saying to everybody, it's a week to week thing at this point. It's week it's a week to week thing. Go to Denver, get get a win, give Philadelphia help. You know, give them your best shot. You got the bye week after that, and then you play the Giants. If the Jets could beat uh, Denver, put up a fight against Philly regroup after the bye week and beat the Giants. Now you're three and four at that point. The rest of the, the schedule gets very light after that. Well, actually, let, let, let me not even say that well, because at the beginning of the year, we saw Houston and we saw the um, uh, Falcons. We're like, oh, those are two Jet wins. No. Have you seen Houston play well? Oh, they look great. Have you seen the Falcons play? They, even though they, their, defense, they lost. their defense looks good. Oh, my God. <laughs> so... So, quote-unquote, the schedule gets easier, but those two teams are playing well. And then, obviously, you still got the division games, Dolphins, and, you know, uh, you got the, the Bills, Bills. The Bills, the, the, the Bills game. Yeah. And the Chargers, the Chargers don't like anything special. The Raiders are in there as well. So, you know, the schedule isn't as tough as it has been. So, if the, if, if the Jets can get three, if the Jets can have three wins after the Giants game, because I think right now, the Jets are a much better team than fucking uh, uh, Giants. Yeah. We'll get to the, the yeah, we'll Giants. Yeah, we'll get to the Giants. We will get to the Giants. But three and four by week eight, I think you still have some time yeah. to battle. Listen, let the Dolphins, let the Bills battle for the AFC East. You do not have to win your division to win a, to win a Super Bowl. Correct. We just saw Tom Brady win three playoff games and then win a Super Bowl in uh, Tampa. The Giants did it years and years ago. Twice. Right. Going on the road, playing a bunch of road games and, and doing it. So you don't have to host any home games in the playoffs to win. So let's see. And the defense needs to travel. The offense may not be there some weeks. The defense has to continue to keep the Jets in the game until hopefully Zach uh, gets it um, going. Yeah, we're going to find out about the Jets next week for sure. But, you know, one other thing before we go on. Did you think that game was rigged on Sunday? So I don't think it was rigged. Well, but I'm going to listen. People, a lot of people love uh, Stephen A. Smith. A lot of people dislike Stephen A. Smith. I'm in the middle on Stephen A. Smith. I love him, but I hate him uh, sometimes. Yeah. He used a basketball term that is a hundred percent. Well, we know a basketball our players. If Mikel Bridges drives the lane and LeBron James blocks a shot. If there's contact, 
Mikel Bridges is not getting that call. If LeBron James drives the lane and Mikel Bridges rocks, blocks a shot and gets pizza of his hand, LeBron is getting that call. Right. Patrick Mahomes is getting the call. Andy Reid is, is getting the call. Chris Jones is getting the call. The Kansas City Chiefs are getting the call. And so I think, unfortunately, that's just how refereeing is. I see it in my rule. I see it in my flag games. If the refs see that we're superior to the other team, the other team is not going to get calls because they're thinking there's no way that you can do it. Right. The real issue, pal, is referees, and I think a lot of referees do this too. Referees have to stop coming into games assuming what's going to happen. Just because just because you know it looks like a flag doesn't mean that it is. Also, maybe maybe this is a conversation for another time. Will instant a replay may instant replay maybe needs to expand a little bit. Maybe on maybe when there's a turnover or a questionable call, replay. Why have a headquarters full of referees and people looking at every game? Why have that and not and still make the wrong call? To me, that doesn't make sense. So I don't think the game is rigged, but I do think that the referees came into this game like, all right, this game should be over in two hours. We're, and they were waiting for the Chiefs to yeah. pull away, and they never, never did. So right. rigged, no. But did the rest play, play a part in it with, in my opinion, a preconceived notion of how the game was going to go? Absolutely. My my one thing that I, that I say that it's fixed because they had Taylor Swift there. Of course. Is uh, I don't want to sound like that Jet fan. It's like very pissy about everything. But whoever runs their social media accounts on whether it's Twitter or on Instagram or, you know, Facebook, whatever, to see, oh, the Chiefs are 2 and all these Swifties. And it's like, you know, really? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I understand that you're trying to get the money. You're trying to get the views. You're trying to get everything in there. But you talk about just a real low blow to the Jet fans, especially after what happened on Sunday at the end of that game. Just really, really turns me off about that. Sauce had the best tweet, or X as it's called now. He said, if I was a uh, Swifty, maybe I wouldn't have guided that call. And I think, and, he, and he's probably right yeah. if he was a Swifty. So we shall see. Yeah, we will. But speaking of we shall see, the Giants, Oof. what happened to them last night was absolutely unbelievable. I thought they'd come out with a W. And I did too. it wound up not happening. And, you know, they just found a way to lose. And Danny, Danny Dimes throws a pick six and... The next thing you know, Jamal Adams is getting hurt. He looks like he's going to be out for a little bit of time with the concussion. We'll yeah. find out. Yeah. But, you know, Sean, what's your take on the Giants' loss last night, man? 11 sacks is unacceptable. Giants have, even without Saquon, even without their best tackle, Andrew Thomas, 11 sacks is unacceptable. And people want to blame, oh, Dable is a one-year wonder, and Dable's this, and Dable's that. He didn't have Saquon. He did not have Andrew uh, Thomas. Yeah. With that being said, well, I and we've spoken about this before. The Jets and Giants have the same issue, offensive line. But, again, it is not from a lack of trying. Both the Jets and Giants have invested draft picks on the line, trades on the line free agency on the line 
They just haven't gotten it right. They haven't gotten the right combination of five yet. Both teams are still working. Well, well, what's more alarming is Seattle gave up 30 points week one to the Rams. They gave up 30, 31 points week two to Detroit. And they gave up 27 last in week three to the Panthers. Andy Dalton put up 27 points on this team. What I'm trying to say is this Seahawks defense is not as good as they saw, as they seen last night. And that's why I picked the Giants. Because some of the Giants are weapons. They're going to switch the ball out. The defense on prime time is going to ball. And the defense played very, very good. The Giants did not lose that game defensively last night. They got sacks. They caught a pick. They did what they had to do. But they, the line did not give Daniel Jones a chance. Now three picks. The one pick that was returned back for a touchdown, that was all Daniel Jones. Darren Waller is going to the corner of the end zone wide open. I mean, Troy and Aikman slowed it down. Darren Waller was in the process of putting up his hand. That's how open he was. Wide open. And I think Daniel Jones, see, back in my slimmer days, back in my younger days, actually played a quarterback. And I can tell you, well, and if you speak to anybody that's played quarterback on any level, they'll tell you the same thing. Once you are getting sacked, once you are getting pressured, the mental clock in your head speeds up. And sometimes it can have you seeing something that's not there. One, Paris Campbell was not an, an, an open. There was a guy in front of him, there was a guy in back of him, and there was a guy in back of the in the back of the guy that was in the back of him, right? This there was three guys there. Number two, it was a horrible throw. Paris Cameron had to reach back for it and still uh, missed it. Well, that's Daniel Jones. Even though it was it was second and goal, I mean, like two three yards to go. That's Daniel Jones. His clock got sped up. Saying, if I don't throw this ball right now, I'm going to get hit. And this is what has to come out right. He didn't have the mental clock capacity to wait for Dan Waller to clear and throw it, which would have been an easy six. Well, it would have been an easy six. It was wide and open. So I think I think that's what the issue was uh, last night. Well, Daniel Daniel Jones is, is, you know, he's getting to his third step in his three-step drop. He's getting to his fifth step in his five-step drop sack, his seven-step sack. And... The Giants actually ran the ball decent uh, uh, last night. Breida, Brightwell had some flash runs here and there, but, well, until the Giants somehow fix the offensive line, it's going to be bad. And, defense again, def def defensively, it was not on the Giants uh, last night. Seattle had some success, but not as much as you would think a team that has Kenneth Walker, D.K. Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Geno, Geno coming back to man life against the Giants, not the Jets. But in that stadium and getting a win, happy for him. Oh, he was a former backup too for the Giants. He, oh, he was. You're right. I completely yeah. for, uh, forgot that. Yep. He he broke the streak. Yeah. He, he, you're 100 right. Correct. 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 Yep. But um, you know, the and to make matters worse, well, the Eli Manning streak. By the way, the Eli Manning, Manning streak. Yes, correct. Yeah. Correct. To make matters worse, the Giants go to Miami and to Buffalo the next couple of weeks, and then you got to play the Jets. And then the Miami, Bradley Chubb. Enough said after that. Buffalo, Vaughn Miller is back. 
at an Oliver Gregory or Russo, enough said. And then you got Chance. Do I, well, do do I even have to say uh, say the names? Jermaine Johnson, Quinn Williams, Franklin Myers, Lawson, bro. sick bro. And I want to give, I want to go back to the Jets for two things, real real fast. Mm-hmm. Number one, the Jets need to find a way to pay Bryce Huff. Bryce Huff is very good. Yes, he, he does not start. He could probably start for the other the thirty one teams. Mm-hmm. He's very, very good. The way that he gets pressure in the 25, 30 snaps that he plays, probably less than that because they're so stacked up front. Bryce Huff is very, very good. The Jets need to make sure they do not lose Bryce Huff. That's number one. Number two, to go back to Jets real fast. Well, what was more egregious than the sauce call, what was more egregious than, you know, other calls that happened in the game, well, Jermaine Johnson is still being held. We didn't even mention that. You're Jermaine right. Jermaine Johnson is still being held. You're right. How the hell was that? I think that was the one that had Jet fans thinking that it was right. Yeah. Jermaine Johnson. Well, I saw a meme on Instagram. Jermaine Johnson was held for six seconds. Not six seconds from snap to throw. Six seconds while Patrick Mahomes is looking to throw the ball. Come on. There, well, Trent Williams cannot block for six seconds. And he's the best damn uh, left uh, uh, tackle, tackle uh, in the game. Jermaine Johnson would have got past him uh, uh, in six seconds. There's no way in hell Donovan Smith was blocking Jermaine Johnson for six seconds. Jermaine Johnson deserves a lot of uh, credit. Year number two, he's balling. He, he may not get... The sacks, but I saw on a PFF, he has one of the highest win rates in the league. And that's really where you judge the offensive alignment, too. So that's what the Giants have to face after Bradley Chubb, Mm -hmm. after Von Miller. You get Quinnen and Jermaine Johnson and Bryce up and all these guys. So, well, it's not looking good. Um, For the Giants. Right, for the Giants. Um, I felt the Giants last year was a... Uh, anomaly anyway. The NFC last year was really bad. That the Giants went to the Vikings, who won, I think, like 11 games and won that game, right? So, um, well, it, it, in the National Football League, it gets it gets late early. Oh, absolutely, it gets I agree with late that. early. And if the Giants, well, the Giants could be by the time that the Jets came, come the Giants are probably going to be one of five, and then you play the Jets. It's Daniel Jones versus Zach. Whoever wins uh, wins that game. If the Giants um in three weeks from now could be one and six, that's not that's not what you want. You're not making the playoffs at one and six in the uh, NFC where other teams are playing. Well, Tampa Bay is three and one. Baker friggin' ma- uh, yeah, he's looking good. He's balling. Yeah, he's balling. Looking good. So Giant fans pray, um, and pray some more because it's not looking good. A Monday night r- record for sacks, 11. A Seahawks team record for sacks, 11. A Giants team record for sacks giving up, 11. Well, yeah. That's not what you want. No, not at all. But we'll find out with what the Giants are going to do. Look, I I didn't really watch the game last night other than seeing Adams getting his head, you know, kicked in a little bit. And, uh, you know, having to see what 
Daniel Jones did with the pick six. Bottom line is right now, Sean alluded to it, you need to win with your pieces. And they didn't have Saquon Barkley last night. They didn't have their highly touted left tackle and Andrew Thomas playing last night. And to give up 11 sacks, you're not going to win games no. like that ever. So, and then you see Brian Dable coming over after the pick six oh, and, flinging the, and uh, flinging the iPad over iPad. at him. Okay. Like, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I again, I get it. You're the coach. You got to assert yourself. But, you know, there are ways about doing things right now. And, you know, hopefully Danny Jones responds in a good way. But after seeing that, it's like, you know, I speechless, speechless about that, man. You know, there's a way to be a professional about it. Right. And then the, the news conference, the press conference afterward, hearing about how, yeah, we know how many points we, we, we gave up or scored at that point in time. It's like, you know, the, the giant fan, they can't really catch a break at, you know, for the past couple of years. So, you know, it, it is what it is, but it, it's like, what, what can you do if you're a giants fan at this point? Right. Right. You know, so. I'm going to keep that one short and sweet. I didn't really watch the game. I just saw a couple of highlights. I saw the stats for it. Not not a pretty game for them, but, you know, it's just been absolutely crazy, to say the very least. Speaking of crazy, Sean, let's talk about your Titans. Yes, sir. Because you did not pick them. I did not. In your picks. Mm. I'm very upset about you on that. <laughs> I am. And especially when I look down at my phone and I'm saying to myself, oh, Deshaun Watson isn't playing. They got to go up against the, the guy that lit up the Jets in the preseason, and he looked good doing it. But at that same point in time, preseason's much different than regular season. Yeah. So I want to hear your thoughts on the big Titans win on Sunday. Yeah, you know, um, you know you're my boy. The Titans played uh, Cincy, not the Browns. I love you, though. But um, listen. I fucked up. <laughs> listen, man, you're good, man. Joe, Joe Burrow is not right. That calf is bothering him. He's trying to gut it out. Listen, they're paying you a gazillion bucks. You should try and gut it out. But he needs at least a week and reevaluate from there because he could barely walk like he's taking. And part of Joe Burrow game is for such a large man, well, Joe Burrow can move. He can run. He can. He has great fit work. He could do really, you know, he could. He can do the things, and he's limited in what he can do, and he, he just a uh, sitting duck uh, back there. Well, the 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 Titans won twenty four three, no uh, twenty seven three. Sorry, the Titans nowhere. Well, there is not a planet, there's not a universe that exists where the Titans are twenty four points better than Cincy. I know my team. I know how Cincy is. No way in hell. You got to get Joe Burrow right. Because now you're traveling to the Cardinals. The Cardinals are not bad, Will. Well, the Cardinals can be 3 1 right now. Mm -hmm. Commanders, they should have won. Giants, Giants game, they should have won. won. Right. They beat the Cowboys. And San Fran was kicking their ass. Well, but when I checked, when I circled back to it, the Cardinals came storming back and was only down by eight. Say what you want about the coach. The Cardinals are playing for that man. Like, they believe that they're better than what everybody says that they are, Will. So, well, listen, that was a big win. It was a win that we it needed. Uh, now we have a couple uh, div division games uh, coming up. We're at the Colts. We host Jacksonville. Then we play Baltimore in London and before we go on the bye. So, 
a big win for us, two and two. Um, and uh, you know, it, it was nice to see Derek Derek Henry get back to what to what he was running the ball. He threw a touchdown pass. Derek Henry will will in his uh, career is seven for eight, ninety three yards, four touchdowns passing. Let Derrick Henry throw the ball more. I mean, seven for eight is outstanding, right? So, um, but yeah, it was it was definitely uh, good to see us getting back on track, and um, you know, and hopefully this this uh starts a run uh, for us. Um, but yeah, it was it was just good, and uh, you know, well maybe I need to pick against them because every time I do, they win. So um, maybe. Like I legit picked them to win twice and they lost. Right, picked them to lose twice and and, and they won. So we we shall see. But very and a good win at home. That was yeah. a, that was a, a very good win at home. Always want the home fans to, uh, you know, what I'm saying, uh, uh, do it. So we shall see. Yeah, we shall see indeed. And you know, Titans right now. Look in that AFC South, man. I'll give you guys a lot of credit for being 500 right now. And you still got to go up against the Colts. You still got to go up against the Jaguars, really, to, the, to that extent. And the Texans have been really a, a great surprise. surprise. CJ Stroud has been playing Ball absolutely Stroud. unbelievable Ball for them. But we'll find out more about the Titans and that AFC South as the year goes on. Let's move on to our NFL picks now. Sean, I know you got the record for uh, for the past week. What what do we got? So the record for the past week, drum roll. You won this week, bro. We'll won this week. By three games, um, I didn't uh I calculate the full full uh, standings, but I won week one, week two we we agreed that was a no no yeah. another void week three I won again you won week four so I promise next week I'll have the full full amount but it's pretty it's it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty much two two wins for me a tie and Will came back storming back storming storming back, back and won week four Will so Will let's get in. To the picks. Let's get into it, baby. Number five, Will. Thursday night, Bears at Commanders. Bears 0-4, heartbreaking loss. They were up 28-6 against Denver and lost. Commanders, tough loss against Philly, went into overtime. Will 0-4 versus 2-2. Who you got, Will? Let me go with the Commanders here in this one. I think Sam Howell has been playing an absolutely unbelievable uh, year this year. Nobody's given the Commanders any credit at all whatsoever. And Sam Howell, like I said, he's been doing his thing. And that defensive front for oh my God. for them, you know, led by Chase Young, mm-hmm. he's absolutely unbelievable. He's a star he is. in the making right now. I really, really, really like the Commanders in this spot, and they're the home team. They are the home team. Thursday night tends to always trend to the home team because they don't got to travel on a short week. Well, I agree with you, short sweet. Give me the Commanders. Sam Howell has up and down weeks: good week, bad week, good yep. week, bad week. Can he put together a second straight good week on a short week? We shall see. Well, let's get into the Sunday games. Bright and early Sunday morning, 9.30, over in the UK. Jaguars facing the Bills. Well, the Jaguars are playing back-to-back games in uh, London. They should just uh, yeah, move there and call it a uh, freaking day, Will. But anyway, Jaguars against Bills. Who do you have? Uh, man, the Bills have been looking very dominant over the course of time, ever since they lost to the Jets, and they've been finding their way. Uh, Jacksonville, you know, it's very hit or miss with them. Right throughout the whole year yeah. that we've seen, yeah. and Trevor Lawrence looks like he he is a star. There's yeah. no doubt about it; he is a star. Yeah, but they have to get these other pieces involved. I'm gonna go with the favorite here. I'm gonna go with Buffalo on 
you know, as the certified home team. And I know <laughs> right. that, you know, Jacksonville is staying there, but Buffalo has been hot. And yeah. I, you know, they, they look like they're unstoppable right now. Give me Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. Give me the Bills. Tough loss for them to uh, Tredavious White, their star corner out for the year with uh, Achilles Will. We've been seeing guys drop left and right now, um, so un- unfortunately. But, yeah, give me give me the Bills to travel and beat Jacksonville. Yeah. Will uh, Saints at the Patriots. The Patriots are a hot mess. Saints coming up a tough loss against Tampa. Who you have in Foxborough? I'm going to go with the upset here. I'm going to go with the Patriots at home. Okay. You know, the Saints, they got to figure out a way how to play outdoors. They never really play outdoors True. well. And James Winston is really an inconsistent piece. He is. Yeah. I would be very, very shocked if New England does not win by more than 10 points here. Give me the Patriots at home. Well, I think if this was November, December, take the Patriots. So Sunday's supposed to be nice. Derek Carr struggled on on Sunday. Jameis Winston, he struggled as well. But give me the Saints. I think the Saints, Alvin Kamara came back and looked amazing. Mm-hmm. He caught 13 uh, passes on Sunday, bro. I mean, just lit it up. So I think the Saints go on the road and get a win against a beat-up, struggling Patriots team, bro. Gotcha. Well, my Titans, AFC South matchup, Titans at the Colts, Titans 2-2, two and two. Colts 2-2, two and two. Colts with a tough loss in overtime against the Rams. Who do you have, sir? Such a tight game. Bro. Yes. Such a tight game. I want to hear your thought on this one first. Well, I'm going to take my Titans rookie uh, quarterback, Anthony Richardson. He's been, he's been playing well. Um, The coach should have won, uh, won that game uh, uh, Sunday. Jonathan Taylor may play in this game. I don't know how effective he'll be. No training camp, no offseason. He was away right. from the team. Right. Um, but I think the, But I think the Titans realized the crucial – nature that this game has you gotta you have to win your division game so i think the first division game of the season i think the titans get it done yeah i like the titans here too i really like mike Vrabel a lot as as your coach sean and you know he just knows how to game plan well and with a rookie quarterback here anthony richardson going up against the titans d that let's face it it can be average at best but you know, they the Titans, they, they just know how to play in big spots. Yeah. And can you stop Derrick Henry? Right. That's the question. You got DeAndre Hopkins. You got Tannehill as the quarterback. Let's find out about this Titans team, man. I'm going to say the Titans are going to win this one by a touchdown. All right. So, we will have the Titans here. Well, probably the best rivalry in all of the NFL renewed. The Ravens traveled to Pittsburgh, take on the Steelers. Ravens three and one, looking very very good. Steelers tough loss at Houston last week. Kenny Pickard, he's injured. He may he may not play. Who do you have, sir? You know Mike Tomlin's preaching changes, and you know their quarterback situation really hasn't been you know the best situation right now for them. The Steelers are, but I'm gonna take the Ravens here on the road. I think Lamar Jackson and company come away with a win in the last second. Give me Pittsburgh. Okay. I'm going to Pittsburgh at home. Mike Tomlin teams, very rarely you see them play back-to-back bad games. I think he's going to light a fire under them this week. And coming off a 30-6 a thirty to six loss on the road, you want to see a team that you hate. And the Steelers do like Baltimore. Baltimore does not like the Steelers. So give me the Steelers at home, bro. We're moving on to Detroit. The Panthers, the second 0-4 team. Next. 
Next, me and Will Lions. taking the fever lines on that one. Yeah. What a very interesting, interesting game. Mm-hmm. Houston at Atlanta. Both teams two and two. This might be the game of the week here. It could be the Falcons' tough loss overseas, but they're back home under under the dome where they play well. Houston, very good win over Pittsburgh. Will who you got? I'm gonna go with the Falcons. I think we're gonna see a lot of blitzing against C.J. Stroud. We're gonna see a lot of pressure on him. And seeing the way how the Atlanta defense has played over the course of of this time. And also, this Houston D has looked very well. But how are you going to respond back to playing up against a guy like Kyle Pitts? I like Atlanta here at home. Yeah, the fact that the Falcons are at, Falcons are at home will give me the Falcons at home. C.J. Stroud has yet to prove himself on the, on the road. So, um, yeah, I like the home team here. Atlanta got to find a way to score more points, though. The defense is playing well. Agreed. Got to find a way to score more points. But I think they start that on Sunday against the Texans. Well, are we going next on this next game? Dolphins hosting the New York Giants. Are we going next here? I think this is going to be a lot closer than a lot of people are giving, giving the, this game mm-hmm. credit for. And, I look, I really want to see Brian Dable just absolutely rip into his players, no doubt. I, In a way, like, I know what I said earlier about them, but at that same point in time, I'd like to see Danny Dimes respond back better, but I got to go with Miami. I got to go with Miami. I think Miami wins by a touchdown here at this point in time. The Giants are going to keep it close, no doubt, but I'd really like, and there's going to be a lot of Giants fans Yes. Down in Miami. Yes, a lot. There there will be a lot of Giants fans they down there. They live there. They're flying there, driving there. Yes, Agreed. But I like Miami in this spot. Well, I don't think Zim's going to be close. That Dolphins, they went to Buffalo and got their ass kicked. I don't think that happens two weeks in a row. I think Dolphins win by minimum 10, okay. 10 points. Give okay. me the Dolphins at home. So we both take the Dolphins there. Yes. Okay. Bengals at the Cardinals. Well, not an easy game as people may think. Both teams are one and three, man. Yes. Yes. Who do you have, sir? Upset special. Cardinals went on the, at home. We'll take the Cardinals. Well, I was leaning Cardinals as well, but I'm going to give the Bengals one more shot to prove us right. We had them going, making a deep uh, playoff run, Joe Burrow, MVP, whatever, yada, yada, yada. This is the last week I'm going to give them to prove us right, prove me right, prove everybody right. So I think the Bengals go on the road and get it done, but way closer than we first would think. Yep. Well, another interesting game. Eagles at the Rams. Yeah. Eagles flying high, 4-0. Rams 2-2. Two two, great win at overtime against the Colts. Back home now. Who do you got? Eagles and Rams. I'm going to say the Eagles are going to be winners here in this one. They're undefeated right now. They're playing great. They have a couple flaws, sure. But ultimately, the Rams, I don't know what I'm getting from Matthew Stafford and company. I don't. And their defense outside of Aaron Donald. You know them not ha- you know them trading away Jalen Ramsey yeah. has really hurt this team a lot. I- I'm gonna say that the Eagles are gonna stay perfect here and they're gonna stay five now. I think so too. But I think it's gonna be close. I agree. Philly hasn't really blown any any anybody out yet. Yeah. So I think they're gonna keep. I think the Rams will keep it close. But give me the Eagles on the road. Will. All right. Well, here we go. Your G E T S Jets 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 Jets. I'm, I'm Gets? so sorry. I'm so Gets? sorry. J E T S Jets Jets Jets. Yes, sir. Travel to Denver, Colorado. Will the Jets have had this game circled since Sean Payton yapped and yapped and yapped? 
Do they prove him wrong? I do. Jets and Broncos. I do. This is their season right here. You look at this team, you look at the talent that's on this roster right now, and you look at the calm demeanor that Robert Sala has. Now, yes, I have questioned Sala's coaching tactics at this point in time with the way how he's been game planning, you know, going through the games, but he's made adjustments. Mm-hmm. He's he's made adjustments in, in the Kansas City game, no doubt. And with the way how Denver came back, great win for them against Chicago. Yeah. But you're not going up against the Bears defense here. You're not. The Jets defense is going to punch you right in the face, and especially with all the talking that is taking place during this offseason. Sean, you alluded to it. You alluded to it earlier. Mm-hmm. This team just found a way to, you know, go out there and play rather relatively hard. Yeah. I'm going to take the Jets here on the road. I am. I think that they're going to – it's going to be a close game, but I think that the Jets are going to punch them in the face. Well, yeah, I think the Jets are going to play this game for Nathaniel Hackett. Um, things weren't perfect in uh, Denver when he was there. Honestly, as the head coach, you have to take some blame or all the blame or whatever blame, whatever the case may be. But, you know, I like what I see – I like what I saw from the Jets this Sunday – but can but can it travel? That's the question. Can it travel? Can it travel? Can it travel? I think it does. I think it travels. I think they found some things. And also, this is gonna be a very emotional game for Brees Hall. This is the game that he got hurt in. Yeah. Uh, uh, last year. So going back to the lack for a better term, the scene the, the scene of the crime, for lack of a better term, bro. But right. I think very close game, you know, physical, but give me the Jets to come up with a win. And save their season somewhat, Will. Well, I think we're going to go next on this one. Chiefs at the Vikings. I'm going to go another upset here. I'm going to go with the Vikings. Really? I'm going to go with the Vikings at home. I really think that Kirk Cousins and company, yeah, the passing game for the Chiefs, they found they found something there. You know, the, the uh, excuse me, the, the, the Vikings found something in the passing game with having Kirk Cousins there. Patrick Mahomes throwing for under 200 yards. I don't think that that'll ever happen. Well, he threw three yards over 200. But the point of the matter is, having see- seeing this, you're on the road again and in a hostile environment. I like the Vikings here a lot in the spot. Will's taking the Vikings at home. Well, well I'm going with the Chiefs. So I've said that, and I, the reason is because a son of a good team is finding different ways to win. Agreed. That Jets game was a physical one, back uh, not really back and forth, but you know, close to the people thought they won that game. And since they lost to Detroit, they're three and zero since. And um, I don't think Andy Reid is going to lose to lose on the roads to the Vikings. So give me the Chiefs a close game though. I think it's going to be 31-27. I think yeah. both teams are going to put up a lot of points there. Mm-hmm. Well, Sunday night game of the week, Cowboys three and one. San Francisco 4-0. Both teams have looked good. Well, I'm sure you were happy seeing the Cowboys put up 38 against the New England Patriots yeah. on a Sunday. Well, who do you have, my friend? I'm going to go with the Niners here at home. They're going to keep their streak alive as well. I think they're going to be putting up points. And their defense, you talk about the Dallas defense being good. I really like the San Francisco offensive line to protect Brock Purdy. I like the 49ers here in this spot. Well, if this was a playoff game, which it was 
it has been the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. I would take San Fran. But upset special. I think Dallas goes on the road okay. and gets it done. I, I'm not sure if you saw the clip after the game Sunday. A reporter asked that case. You know, the next game is at San Fran. That's where your season has ended. Well, that team the past couple of years. What's your thoughts? And will the look Dak Prescott gave the reporter was like a look of like, like he wanted to like, like, f- like fight, like right. He yeah. was very, very mad. Yeah. And he was like, how the hell do you think, think I felt at the end of our season the past couple of years? I think Dak, Pres- Dak takes this uh, personal. And I think the Cowboys on the road get this done. Upset special Cowboys. And we'll last but not least, week number five, Packers and Raiders Monday nights. Both teams coming off a tough loss. Will who do you have, sir? I'm gonna keep this one short and sweet. I'm gonna say the Packers went on the road. I think the Packer fans are gonna like they're gonna travel. They're gonna put Allegiant Stadium as Green as uh, Lambeau Field West, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be really something. Jordan Love is really proving to a lot of people that hey, don't doubt me. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I and the Green Bay defense is okay for the most part. But there's something about Jimmy G that I don't trust about him on the Raiders. Give me Packers on the road. Yeah, I'm saying the Packers too. Well, maybe because they have the better uh, uh, defense. They have the better defense. And I think, uh, this, I think not to say boring, but I think this game may not be as fun to watch. Um, but, yeah, I think the Packers are the better team. They need to get it done on the road. So, well, there's our picks for week five. Huh? Yeah, man. Yes, sir. Yeah, been a good time. Yes, been sir. a good time talking football, and you know it's been absolutely unbelievable. Just we're already one month into Crazy. this year. How fast this this year has gone. Again, man, a um, uh, quarter one is over. Yeah, can't believe it. Quarter got one another one. got another three quarters to go. We do, <laughs> we do. Let's talk about baseball right now. I know that we we talked a lot of football. You digested a lot of it. Let's talk some baseball here. Specifically speaking, the Mets. Okay, we got to start off here with the Mets. Sean, you're the resident Mets fan. I am. You know, you know what's going on. And I got to say this, okay, Buck Showalter being gone. A lot of people were basically clamoring for him to go. He's gotten the axe. David Stearns has come in. Now they they have the introductory press conference. And they just basically find a way, man. You know, they got to find a way now. They get a new manager, get some pitching in here. Uh, what are your thoughts on on Buck being, you know, let go? And David, I know you talked about David Stearns in the last episode. What are your thoughts on on his press conference? So, I I was listening to the Michael K show uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. and he was in. David Stearns was introduced to the you know media, yada yada yada. And well, I learned that David Stearns or and Steve Cohen did not fire uh, Buck. I heard it was Billy <laughs> and Epler that had the conversation with Buck and told him. I agree with Michael K a million percent. Horrible move by the Mets. David Stearns, your era in New York has gone off to a terrible start. You're taking over. Look, Buck Showalter has been a baseball lifer. Mm-hmm. Lives, breathes, will die baseball. Right. I, yes, I know he's not won a World uh, Series. I understand that. Only thing missing from his um, resume. resume. Buckshaw is going to be in the Hall of Fame regardless. Mm-hmm. That's how great he has he has been. This season was not his fault. I think everybody agrees, agrees with that. The money was spent. Verlander hurt before the season. 
Diaz out for the year before the uh, season. Sergio did not pitch as well as he did. Lindor got off to a slow start. McNeil got off to a slow start. Buck Showalter cannot control that. Right. The bullpen was not addressed fully. It was one of the worst pens in, in the entire Git League. Those are not Buck Showalter things. These are performance things that was put in place by Billy in effort. Um, but for David Stearns and or Steve Cohen to not have that conversation with Buck face-to-face and tell him that, hey, we're letting you go. This is what we're thinking. This is what we're going to do. It's weak. It's definitely, definitely weak. And I hope that, you know, they find a way to at least have a conversation with him afterwards because he does he deserves that. I don't think he deserved to lose his job. He's only here for two years. Last season, we were getting ready for friggin' a playoff of um, baseball. Baseball, yeah. baseball. And everybody said, yeah, Buck's a great guy. Buck's the right hire for this team. Now, a year later, he's gone. Yeah. I knew David Stearns would bring in his own guy or his own team, his own staff. I knew that was going to happen. But I thought he would give, you know, like, 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 like throw him a bone and say, you know what? 2023 is not your fault. I'll give you 2024 and I'll evaluate um, um, uh, from there, Will. So, you know, to me, that was weak. Now, with that being said, well, I think the Mets need to stop playing with Mets fans. Craig Combs is going to be the manager of the team. You think so? I think so because he's a free agent. Okay. Why the Brewers did not say to give him a contract, I don't know. But I think deep down, Craig Council knew David Stern was going to get this get this job. Right. And I think deep down, Craig Council probably just wants to wants that could change a bigger uh, a, a bigger market team with a owner that's willing to spend and spend eight eight outs a lot. So with that being said, you know, I'm not sure where Craig Council head is at. They have to prepare for for. The Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, um, but I'm I think Craig Council has one eye on his team, and I think he has his eye on one eye on Queens. I think the Mets are going to do their due diligence, interview guys, yada yada yada. But mm-hmm. it won't surprise me at all if Craig Council is the manager for this team. If that happens, the Mets wrote, and I'm telling you right now, October third, twenty twenty three. I'm telling you it to, to your eyes, or to the people watching and listening to this. Fred Counts becomes a manager for the Mets. Pete Alonso is getting traded. Because that was signaled to me, David Stearns is going to run this as a small marketing. You don't bring in Craig Counts. Really? I, I honestly do. I honestly do. Even though Alonso only has one year left on his deal and and no arbitration and all, all that crap, he is the number one trade chip on this deal. Oh, I agree. I agree about that. Yeah. 100%. And I think David Stearns, well, we have to look at the track uh, record of David Stearns, the track record of Craig uh, Council. David Stearns, and I said this the other day, the most expensive contract he's given out was to Christian Ayala. I think that's $184 million. Pete Alonso, the conversation starts at two-something. Period. Whether you want to give him the dreaded eight-year deal, nine-year deal, 10-year deal, whatever. But I don't think the Mets are going to hire Craig Council and keep Pete uh, uh, um, Council. I think they're going to maximize the prospects that they can have. And I also think David Stearns wants to see if Mark Vientos can play first base, if there's another guy that can play uh, first base. Or maybe in the trade for Pete, they get someone that can play first base. Because David Stearns, if you look at his track uh, record, he's traded guys 
that were quote unquote one of the best players on their team for prospects because he believes in development, development, development. So I'll be ecstatic with Craig Council. Uh, Look what he's done in for the um yeah for the Brewers. Brewers absolutely. But at the same time, I think that would signal small market scheme, and I don't think that Pete Alonso fits that, especially when you're paying Lindor three hundred and twenty-five, you're paying Nimmo one sixty-eight, you're paying Jeff McNeil. Remember, Diaz got his deal, Senga got his deal. Who had an amazing season? He did 200 Two, strikeouts, 2.96 ERA. Oh yeah. my god! And then, I'm sorry. Yeah. And then you, and then you, you're looking at the money that they may have to spend pitching for the rotation and for the bullpen role. I don't, I don't think Steve Steve Cohen is not going to continue to take a loss. Eventually, he wants to, you know get a reimbursement on the investment that he has. Of course. And I think trading Pete Alonzo, one, it saves a lot of a lot of money. Yeah. But number two, it fits what David Stern is. Whatever David Stern told Steve Cohen, he obviously believed it. Yeah. So you know what? But and real real quick, on on the season that was, listen, the Mets season was over from from June when they started trading all these guys and July, whatever. From Marcano, Tommy Pham, Verlander, Scherzer, yada, yada, yada. But let's see what the future holds. We got a bunch of prospects back. We've seen some guys come up and play well. Ronnie Mauricio finally got called up. He played well. Mark Vientos looked like he could be the DH for the your future. Brett Beatty and all these guys. So 2023 got away from you guys. Let's see what 2024 holds. But David Stern's next four to five moves will, will, I think I'll be proven right. It will signal small markets. Well, we're going to find out about that. And I think we got to go back to Steve Cohen's press conference back in June and how, A, he did find his president of baseball hops. He did. He got David Stearns here. You hear the, the press conference and you say to yourself the following thing he says is how he wants to develop more pitching and how he wants to throw more money into this pitching, right. you know, prospect pool in that sense. And that's something that they've been last in for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. Now with Stearns coming in here, him building up that Milwaukee team, he was on Milwaukee for a little bit of time. You think of guys like Josh Hader coming through. You think of, you know, all these guys in Milwaukee that have come through and that have played really, really well. Up to up to that point in time, with Craig Council doing his thing as the manager, you know, it kind of makes sense to go out there and bring this guy in. Yeah. And on top of that, to allude to what you said with Pete, with Alonzo, you know, it's making more sense right now. Yeah. In in that sense, in that regard, <clears throat> so I look at that, and I just say to myself, you know, it it makes way too much sense. Because you never, you're never gonna get this much trade value right. for Alonso down the road. Right. Why not trade him now at that point in time? And albeit right. I understand the Met fan frustration. Well, he's the best player. He's always put up these home run numbers. He he he's unbelievable. He he is a great player. He right. he is right now, arguably the best offensive Mets player ever. Yeah, he is. He is. Yeah. He is. Without a shadow of a doubt, yeah. David, he's better than David Wright. He's better than Daryl Strawberry. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Gary Carter, Jose Reyes, whatever. Piazza. Piazza. Pete Alonso is the best guy. Now, having said that, like I said before, they don't have any pitching prospects in their system right now. Right. If they can go out there and get a couple of pitching prospects to bolster that starting rotation with Kodai Senga there as their ace. And Senga's their ace right now. Yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt. No, no, no. They're gonna be they're gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be okay. And he said it. He said it where they're gonna go out and they're gonna be a competitive team. All thirty teams in April, bro, are competitive. Yeah, you know that's that's the goal to win the World Series. But at the end of the day, you need a winner and you need a loser. And seeing where the Mets are right now, they need pitching in the worst way possible. Yeah. And you yeah. need Edwin Diaz back. You yeah. need Edwin Diaz back. Yeah. So I agree with you, Sean. I think that Pete Alonso will get traded during this offseason. Mm-hmm. I really do. I really do believe that. 100%. And then with the Mets, look, you know, June came and things happened along the way. You know, the injury bug happened with them. They lost out on some close games. Was Buck really the right guy over here at that point in time? You know, we're going to find out who the next manager is. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, at the end of the day, things happened along the way. Yeah. And we're going to find out a lot about who Steve Cohen is as an owner. We're going to find out a lot about David Stearns and his way of thinking. And we're going to find out a lot about how Billy Epler is going to try and construct this team in that sense from here on forward. So we'll find out about the uh, the 2024 New York Mets when, when that time comes. And then we look over to the other side of things with the Yankees right now. Look, Aaron Boone's coming back. I'm disappointed in that. I think he should be gone. But when you tie up your contract and – you're publicly stating before the season's over that Sean Casey is coming back. That means that's going to lead you to believe that Aaron Boone is coming back too. Right. Now, the real question now is with the audit, I never heard this before yeah. where they're doing an audit yeah. on this team. Mm-hmm. And these analytic guys, bro, they got to go. <laughs> they got to go. <laughs> How Aaron Judge, and in any other year, Aaron Judge would be your 3-4 hitter. How the hell is he your number 2 hitter? I will never know. And he's done great things in that number 2 hole, no doubt about it. And that seems like that's the way the game is going. Mm -hmm. But in years past, this guy would be your 3-4 hitter. And he would be hitting cleanup, hitting 3, driving probably more people in at that point in time. These analytic guys got to go. They got to go. And they got to bring back actual quality baseball people in here whether it's scouts whether it's coaches whatever the case is they gotta go Uh, is analytics part of the game sure i'm not gonna disagree with you on that but when i look at at baseball right now there's something missing here yeah you know and i look at the yankees right now there's something missing and oh by the way they don't have really any pitching michael king has come out really firing he got the, the 14 strikeouts to end the year you know and he pitched himself a couple good games no doubt but, you know, outside of Kang and Garrett Cole, you got question marks. Severino, is he coming back? Herman looks like he 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 did himself out right. at that point in time, right? Mm-hmm. Then you look at, you know, you look at the other guys too. Rodon, is is Rodon going to be that, that million-dollar man? We're going to find out 
I'm shaking my head no on that one. Mm -hmm. uh, the bullpen, is it going to be the same thing as it was, you know, back when the Yankees were making it to the, the ALCSs in 2017 and 19? Right. We're going to find out a lot about this team. But, uh, you know, just overall, just the overall synopsis on the year, I'm not surprised. Yeah. I'm not surprised because this team really found a way to lose games and try and basically build on the veteran pieces that were here. They misused their young talent, and outside of uh, Anthony Volpe, they should have given these young kids a chance earlier on in the year, mm -hmm. and they deserve to miss the playoffs, albeit it's another winning year. So right. we're going to find out a lot about this Yankee team come this offseason. You know, on the Yankees front, you know, I'm not surprised as well, you know, the Yankees have to choose. Well, to me, the Yankees have to choose what direction they want to, what they want to do. I feel like they're trying to be all in, but they're also trying to incorporate like 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 fresh blood and you know and like like things that are new, players that are new, right. ideas that are new. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with trying to combine those two and see what you have. The issue is, well, is that that works for teams like the Brewers? And, and the Diamondbacks and the Rays and the Pirates yeah. and yet this is the Yankees, right? These you chase for twenty eight and twenty nine and thirty and thirty five and forty and yada yada yada. This is what it's about. Yeah, it is not about okay. So for a couple of seasons we're gonna stink, and then after no 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 no, no. we are the New York uh, Yankees, right? And to me, well, it's either the Yankees go all out. And try to put the best team around, whether that's a bunch of stars, a bunch of role players, a combination of the two, or you embrace the Yankees will never rebuild. I will never say that about the Yankees. They should. But you can still be successful if you retool. And I believe in a retooling more than a rebuild. The Yankees are trying to retool, but they're also trying to go all out. That's not going to work. You have to choose one. And I think the Yankees, do I think the Yankees do need to retool because they have a lot of holes, and they kept a lot of guys here longer than they should. Lemayu looks a shell of himself, or at least he did for for a large part of the year. Rizzo wasn't what he was when he first got here. Um, and then you know Judge, unfortunately, you know he's the captain and you know he's the best player on the team and yada yada yada. But one thing with Aaron Judge is he's going to miss games. He's he's not going to play a four one sixty two. Not not that you want to play in a four one sixty two. Right. You want to save him, you know, a game here, a game there, yada yada. But at the same time, it's it's one of those things where, well, besides Garrett Cole and Michael King, and whether you want to say um, um, Schmidt, Clark uh, Schmidt, and Aaron Judge, and you know the Volpe, he isn't going anywhere. No, I agree. Out of those four or five guys. The rest of the Yankees' core, the rest of the Yankees is like major question marks. Right. And the num well, maybe not to you, but to me, the number one question mark is John Carlos. That I agree, one hundred percent. That contract and him, they got to go. That contract is horrible. He cannot run. He cannot play the outfield. I don't even think he could play first base. Maybe, maybe, and maybe they try him there. The DH thing, he isn't even hitting. What's the point of playing DH if if you can't hit? Right. The Steinbrenners and Cashman, they may have to do something where 
if you really, really want him gone, you may have to do what Steve Cohen did. You may have to eat some, eat some, eat some of that just to get him off the off the team. And if I'm the Yankees, yeah, that's what I would and um and I would do. You know, um, you put yourself in this situation, you're gonna have to dig yourself out. And unfortunately, to dig yourself out, you may have to do exactly that. You may have to take a loss now, and hope you re and hope you you know reap the benefits down the line. So. To me, well, then you just got to choose. Do we want to retool and, you know, continue introducing these young guys? Jason Dominguez came up. Dominguez was on fire. He was. And then got hurt. Yeah. Like a crushing blow. But in the few games he was here, he proved all right. At this level, at least for a few games, he could do well. That's Sorry, so he's part of that core. He's one of, like, the future guys. So, you know, well, but I'm with you. I think Aaron Boone got to go. Um, I think Cashman got to go. Cashman can't stay with the Yankees, just not in that role. The Yankees need a new fresh set of eyes, a new a new brain, a new way of thinking. Right. Right. But, well, the Yankees are still stuck on 2009. The Yankees are – it's been 14 seasons. Yeah. That is absurd for Yankee baseball. Well, in 2009 – Weren't we still in friggin' uh, Nassau? You were probably in Nassau. I was just probably, I was at Queensboro. But whatever, that that's yeah. We were in college, bro. Yeah, we were in college. Yeah. Well, right. next month I turned thirty-five. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like. In a couple of days, I turned thirty-three. Correct. So, like this, this is nuts. The fact that you know so much time has passed, and 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 the Yankees have not won a World Series, and we've seen teams win it with less. We've Kansas, Kansas City, yeah, the Cubs, the Giants, the the Giants, the Mets got the Mets got to the World Series with Daniel Murphy, the Nationals, the Nationals, the Mets got the series with Daniel Murphy, the Rays back in twenty twenty, the Rays. I mean, all these teams. But that just goes to show you, though, that the big spending ways and them going big market hunting all the time never really works out, and it's always about. Like we alluded to with the, with uh, Stearns earlier, it's about the you know the development of players and seeing them come through for them. And it also too, like you mentioned the Cubs earlier, it all depends on the perfect storm of players coming in with the right manager. Joe Madden with the Joe Cubs Madden, yes, was great with that, that Cubs team because they had a bunch of stars stars that, they had that young, were young. They had young guys. Rizzo was young, right. Uh, Hayward, Hayward was on that team. But they were also they were also high character guys. Yes. You know, Aaron Judge is a high character guy to an extent. Right. But all these other guys that are here right now, they they're not character guys. You know, Labor right. Torres is not to me, he's not a character guy. DJ LeMayhew is a great baseball player. He's quiet. He's a quiet guy. Quiet guy, yeah. You know, Anthony Rizzo coming here, great guy, great clubhouse guy, but he's a shell of himself now. He is. You know what I mean? John Carlos Stanton. Is made out of glass. Guy is, uh, he looks like he could be a, a model he somewhere. Does. He's got a great physique, a great body, but he just can never stay healthy. And and what sucks is when you release guys or you trade guys and then they do better. Yeah. Well, do you know who's playing a uh, playoff game this week? Aaron Hicks. Good for him. He deserves it. Aaron Hicks is playing He's, a baseball that, that guy. <laughs> that guy deserves it. He's playing a playoff game. This week, and for some reason, whatever reason, it didn't work here. The Yankees tried. They they paid him. 
at the time it looked like a bargain, a contract. Yeah, ended up being a bad deal. But yeah. there's a bargain contract though, seven years, seventy million. Yeah, paying guy ten million, 10 million a year, in yeah. this economy right that's now, that's correct. great. That's very, very good. Yeah, but you see, you know, but it goes to the well. Well, at the end of the day, free agency and the draft are the same thing. They are your best educated guess. That's all free agency and the draft is. Oh, absolutely. You are doing your research, and based on that research, you are you are making an educated guess right. that this player or players can project to do this. But it's not only just the projections with the stats. It's really just how you are as a human being as well. Of course. That many of these scouts and many of the fans, well, not the scouts per se, but it's more the fans when they look at a guy that gets drafted with the high upside Oh, this guy's going to be a star. I just see him the way how he plays. He's got the great tools. But it's all about how you how you are as a person, how you empathize, empathize towards others and how you treat others and how you're not a scumbag towards other people. You know, your story, your personal story means a lot more than in a way than what the other what the other, you know, somebody else is, you know. And I think a perfect ex- uh, example of that is not to toot my own horn, but you look at the Mets. When all those trades, when all those players left, all you heard was, oh, these guys were a cancer. These guys weren't, you know, friendly. These guys weren't that. About Scherzer, about Vernon, another Tommy Pham came out and said some stuff that the team was like the worst collection guys or whatever. And I think, Mark, uh, I think. I don't know if Mark uh, kind of agreed or disagreed. One of one of the two. And kudos to Francisco Lindor. First of all, 30-30 season. Yeah. Had a horrible first half. Yeah. Turned it up in the second half. 30 for 30. That's why we gave you 300 and something million. We need more 30 for 30 seasons from you, sir. But, well, to me, and to prove your point, once all those guys got traded, the Mets played better. Yeah. So was the problem us or you? Because we played better once you once you left. Yeah. Well, the Mets did not get eliminated from the postseason till like two weeks ago. They made these trades in June. You're right. <laughs> they just got eliminated like two weeks ago. But so it seems like Tommy Fam, you were part of the problem because when you left, we look what we did. Right. I think the Mets were only like three games under five. Uh, um. A hundred for the first of the year. Once those guys left, I would have took. We would all take that as Mets fans, yeah. Based on how the season went, so to me, so to me, so that just uh, proves your point. The clubhouse, it's only twenty five of you guys, right? Football, it's fifty three. Basketball, it's only uh, fifteen. Right. So, you, so you don't really account that. But a baseball clubhouse is sacred ground. There's a reason why players don't like when. Managers come to the clubhouse, right? The top dogs like Steinbrenner, Cashman comes to the clubhouse, right? This is for us. Yeah, you have your office and your suite with your great food and your fucking uh, caviar and all this crap. This is this is our sacred ground. So, you know, it, it it's it's going well. This is a very crucial off season for both teams. Yeah, I agree. And I say that because both teams could do this. Both teams could do this. I don't see a middle ground with either team. Who do you see having the better upside in New York? Mets or Yankees? I say the Mets for two reasons. Number one, I think the better manager. I think whoever the Mets hires will be better than Boom. I agree. 
So that's a that. great start. Right. Number two, Steve Cohen is not afraid to spend how the Yankees are now. Now, I know we just did a whole show about not spending money. Right. But Steve Cohen says, if the difference is 10 a million here. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think the Yankees are going to be like, if the difference is 10 million, nah, I'll just go get that guy that will take this contract. Right, 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 right. So I think with those two reasons specifically, actually, no, and really, well, to me, the first reason, the main reason is the Yan- the the Mets did what the Yankees should be doing. David Stearns is a fresh set of eyes. He's a new brain. He's going to see things. He's not going to come with preconceived things. Ryan Cashman has, he probably will, has relationships that he doesn't want to break. He doesn't want to kick out because that's what the Yankees need. Both of them need like a freaking yeah, they need they need some sort. They need a cleanse for sure. One hundred percent agree. So, so yeah. So I would say the Mets, but the Yankees are not too far behind. It's just that, well, Brian Cashman could be the president of a baseball ops, but bring in somebody else to make the the, the moves, or just assign him some someplace else. Right. Because clearly, in fourteen years, right, will there is no way George Steinbrenner would have went fourteen years without a championship. And kept things as is. Abs, God rest his soul. Absolutely not. Well, we're gonna find out. We're gonna find out. But I think the Mets have the better overall situation right now where they are. I mean, you look at where where they are. They hired the president of baseball operations. Steve Cohen is very transparent. Very. When it comes to his comments and how he feels about where the Mets are, and. Yeah, you got rid of the manager, and you're gonna hire a new one. But to me, you you had Kodai Senga, you you have a great trade chip chip right now in Pete Alonso, and with the Yankees, you have guys that are locked up Out, outside of Glaber Torres. Nobody's really tradable on the Yankees. Yeah, you know, so you gotta eat eat some of the money back. And I, I just think the Mets right now they're in a better spot to succeed over the course of time in New York baseball. But we'll we'll find out. Speaking of baseball. Before you train yeah. is is the addition. I think Aaron Judge, I don't think he played a hundred games this year. I think he played like ninety nine or like or like or like barely over hundred. Some stat. Okay. What was it? Thirty seven home runs? Thirty three home runs? A great, a great thing. Like the guy almost hit a homer like every two, three games. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. <laughs> From what a season that he could have had. Also, and this sucks. You look at the season that Judge had. You probably wasted a Cy Young season from Garrett Cole. Agreed. It's like, and it's like Phil Hernandez and back that's, in 2012. That's the one that sucks. Yeah. He's probably going to win the... Oh, so, more than, more than likely. It's, it's like, we got more than likely. Let's transition from New York baseball to postseason baseball. Both New York teams are not in the postseason right now. Uh, they we got a lot of games going on. I had no idea the postseason started today. Well, Poor job on Major League Baseball, by the way, for not advertising their their playoffs because outside of the New York at scene right now, you know, yeah, kudos to the Baltimore's, the Toronto's, the Tampa Bay's, you know, the Marlins, the Braves, the Phillies. You got the Dodgers in it. You know, the Brewers are in it, too, with the Diamondbacks. Like, all those cities are hyped up, no doubt. But I'm on my phone. I'm swiping up. I should at least see something for postseason baseball today. Absolutely downright 
embarrassing by Major League Baseball. This is the best time of the year, and we're not we're not seeing that right now. And I get it. You have four games on today for Game One. That's every baseball fan's dream to see. Uh, you know, four games, postseason baseball games that matter. Mm-hmm. But you know, to to not actually get that that advertising in is sick. So, mm-hmm. you know. I had no idea that game one of the of the wild card round was today. And, you know, Major League Baseball, you got to do better. But let's talk about predictions right now. And we're not going to go like who's going to win the wild card, who's going to win the NLDS or the ALDS or the championship series. I want, Sean, I just want to hear from you. One team from the NL, one team from the AL, who's going to make it to the World Series? Go. So I'm going to throw a little curveball. I'm going to give you my prediction for both. Okay. But before that, I'm going to give you my team to watch in both NLA. Okay. My AL team to watch is Toronto. Collection of young guys that don't know any repetitive. If they lose, we're supposed to lose. We're like 22 years old. <laughs> but if they get it together and they, well, I saw a clip, the Rogers Center or whatever it's called now. Right, yeah. Um, Skydome is what I call it. Skydome. They, they had a series against Texas like two weeks ago. 9,000 fans. 9,000. And people said, and people from Toronto in the comments said the team doesn't play play hard. They don't care about the game. Well, they won like 88 games. <laughs> like, how the hell do you not care? And you win 88 games and then you freaking make the um, um thing. So that's that's my team to watch in the American League. Real quick, my team to watch in the National League, bro. Keep a very, very, very sneaky eye on Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. Keep an eye. They, they, yes, they lost uh, uh, last year. Mm-hmm. It was looking, it was looking a little murky at the end. The Cubs almost um, caught them, whoever else. Bryce Harper, Kyle Schwarber. I think Reese Hoskins may be able to return for the uh, playoffs. Aaron Nola came back. Keep an eye on Philly, bro. But with that being said, coming out of the American League, well, to beat the champs, what's that saying? To beat the champs, to beat the you gotta you gotta beat the champs. Still love. You were to be the champ, you, you gotta, gotta be, be the, the champ. champ. Right. I still love uh, Houston. Houston, I don't think Houston was expecting this tight race from from Texas or or from Seattle. Uh, Seattle. I think that made them better. Pitching check, hitting check. Dusty Baker is too good of a, Magic, a manager to yeah. only to only win. One with that team. So I think Houston comes out of the American League. My National League team, bro. My National League team. Everybody's going to say Dodgers this. Everybody's going to say the Braves that. The Brewers are a very sneaky team, etc. etc. Well, well, and this one was tough. I'm thinking who could be. Could be that team. Could be this team. As much as I want to say Atlanta. I think that's the favorite besides the Dodgers. Well, I just have a very, very, very sneaky feeling. I want to see an upset in the National League. Keep an eye on the Brewers. I think we're going to see a World Series of Houston and Milwaukee. Interesting. Okay. And I think Houston, once again, will reign supreme. And put a dynasty mode. But that's what it will be at this point. Dynasty is running three in a row. Well, I mean, 
Well, okay. I understand your point. Yeah, winning one, not winning one, winning one, not winning one. But they're going to put an exclamation point on this. Houston, Milwaukee, and I say Houston and six. Okay. We're going to find out about that one. Here's, I'll give you my takeaway on it. Team to watch out in the AL. Watch out for Minnesota. Yes. I think Minnesota is definitely going to be a very sneaky team. I think the way how Toronto has played thus far this year, they, you know, with the whole Alex Manoa situation oh, that has boy. happened, what a disaster there. Oh, my God. And with the way how you got Bichette, he should be playing a little bit better. Vlad Guerrero Jr. is the undoubted face of that yes. Toronto Blue Jays team. But with Biggio and Bichette and all these guys there, they should be playing better. They're not. Minnesota, I think people have been sleeping on them a lot. And with, we always talk about how in the Central, they always, you know, how do you win in the Central when you have teams like the Tigers, the, the Guardians, the Indians, the mm. Guardians, mm-hmm. and then you get the, you know, the Royals, and you're playing in a weak division. Yeah. Okay. And, and the White Sox, can't forget about them. But I like Minnesota a lot here in the spot. It's like every year they always try. They're always so close. Whether or not it was in, you know, when they played up against the Yankees in 2017 and in 2019, I think they'll they'll be okay in this spot. And I think they're they're the home team in this because they are the AL Central winner. Correct. I like Minnesota here in this spot. I do. I think they're going to be a sneaky team. And then in the NL, I'm going to go with the I'm going to go with. The aforementioned Phillies, you 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 hit everything on the head, and I was down in Philadelphia, dude. Those fans are just absolutely rabid mm-hmm. down there. Mm-hmm. They are, and for them to actually have a home series, mm-hmm. that's going to be absolutely downright huge. And having Bryce Harper and you know having Kyle Schwarber and getting back the aforementioned Aaron Nola, I think that's going to be really really a big deal for them. And I just think that you know. Those are your teams to watch right there, Minnesota and Philadelphia. Now, my picks, I'm going to keep it very simple. Atlanta, they are the favorites. They look like they have machine. me. They, they're, they're a machine. machine. They are a machine. Ronald Acuna Jr. and and uh, Olsen have been absolute stars. MVP. They've been MVPs. Like which one? Like which one? Exactly. Like, we, don't, we don't know. Either or could be we don't, Exactly. We don't know. But I'm going to go with Atlanta coming out of the, e, out of the NL and then out of the AL. I'm going to go with that surprise team. I'm going to go with Minnesota, mm. making it out. I really like Minnesota. I think this is their year, and I could be wrong on this. I've been wrong on a lot of things before. I won't be surprised if I'm wrong again on this one. But this is the way how baseball is. It's a crapshoot. Crapshoot. It is a huge crapshoot, and a lot of people don't like that word crapshoot, but it is a crapshoot. Mm-hmm. I like Minnesota here in this spot. I do. Give me Minnesota and Atlanta, and we'll find out who's going to win that World Series, and we'll find out. So Sean has... Houston and six. Houston and six over Milwaukee. I got Atlanta and Minnesota. I'm going to go with Atlanta here in seven games. Nice. Yeah. And those are my picks. And those are Sean's picks. Sean, any final thoughts? Uh, I like that Atlanta pick. Spencer Strider broke John Smokes. Strike up. A record, yeah. As if the Braves needed more talent, yeah, on that team yep. to get this guy. But uh, final thoughts: Will um, NBA training camps have started? We haven't spoken about this yet. We'll get into it probably in the next show. Two big trades happened. Yes, game going to Milwaukee. Everybody thought it was Miami, Miami, Miami. 
no, no, no. We, we're going to send your ass to Wisconsin <laughs> and team up there. Drew Holiday went back in the trade to Portland. Portland then rerouted him to Boston and got Boston and they got Malcolm uh, Brogdon and Robert uh, Williams. So right. the Bucks have their big three of Giannis and Dame and Chris uh, Middleton. Mm-hmm. The Celtics have their big three now with Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown and Drew. And um, if you're a Knicks and Nets fans, you're saying, "Damn, we 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 didn't have a shot before these trades." I think the Knicks have a very good shot. I'm wearing a Nets shirt right now. Again. Coming out the East, they can they can compete. They can compete. Well, they competed last year. Well, well I'm saying it's smart that they didn't make moves just to make a move to get a superstar. The Drew Holiday one, they could have made that move. That's the one that they didn't, they really... don't need Drew Holiday though. They got Jalen Brunson and they got R.J. Barrett. Why do you why do you need another point because, guard in the system? Because well, well, they were playing Drew Holiday at the two guard, and now you cannot put Quentin Grimes on the bench, and now you have a defender that can guard the other team's best guy. And wouldn't you like to see Jalen Brown off uh, off uh, off the off the ball instead of him guarding the dames of the world and you know and the um and the Trey Youngs and the Bowles and you don't want Jalen Brunson going to the other team's best a point guard. He's he's freaking six feet. He's gonna get it. All, all I'm just saying is the Knicks always find a way to fuck things up for <laughs> The Knicks always find ways to I'm fuck things up for themselves. Mm-hmm. But in this spot right now with the talent that they have on their roster, it's smart that they kept these guys here with RJ Barrett and not having to go after another superstar name. They they know, you know, Worldwide West and all these other guys, they know that you have to build a team the right way and you got to have depth pieces there. The loser in all this are the Heat. Oh, absolutely. Max Schultz is gone. Gabe Vincent is gone. Yeah. You don't get Dame. Mm-hmm. And now Tyler Hero, who was involved in all these trade talks, is, I don't know if you saw the media day picture that the Heat had, Jimmy Butler with the hair and the rings in his lips. Tyler Hero is standing next to Jimmy Butler. Like, he didn't want to be there. Like, you could just, you'd face the expression, just gave it away. So, yeah. we'll get more into the NBA as it gets uh, yeah. closer. Yeah. The next show, me and Will will do NHL preview. Yeah. Regular season, October 10th, a week from tonight. Yeah. A week from tonight, the puck drop officially. So, we'll so. try and get a guest on. I got a couple of guests in mind. Yeah. That'll talk hockey with us and. It'll be a dandy for sure, and we can't wait to talk NHL with you guys because that, honestly, who would have thought man, the NHL would be where it is right now? It's back. It's, it's going to be great, a great season. Everybody be... aiming to take down Las Vegas. Yeah. Five years in existence. Already got a cut. Crazy. Yeah, crazy. That's something that nobody, well, a lot of people really had envisioned, but I'll give you a couple of final thoughts here on my end. Uh, first and foremost, man, rest in peace, Tim Wakefield and Brooks Robinson. Yes. You know, Tim Wakefield, one of the greatest knuckleball pitchers ever. Uh, obviously, he, you know, had a very long career because of his knuckleball. And if it wasn't, you know, for, you know, game seven in 2003, he redeemed himself in 2004 and 2007. A, a great, a great pitcher from what from what I've heard. I never met Tim Wakefield, but from the all the stories that I've heard, a great man and a great human being along as long with being a great father as well. Uh, rest in peace, Tim Wakefield. 
and rest in peace, Brooks Robinson, one of the greatest third basemen to ever play the game, ever. was on the uh, those championship Baltimore Orioles teams from 1966 and 1970, uh, making it to the World Series in 1969, where they lost to the Mets, but they found a way to, you know, be the best team in that year. And year in and year out, he just put up great numbers and was an MVP candidate every year. And when you watch the highlights of him, you talk about Manny Machado, you talk about Alex Rodriguez, you talk about the great third baseman, Mike Schmidt, too. But before that, everybody looked at Brooks Robinson as that guy being the best third baseman to ever do it. So rest in peace, Brooks Robinson, rest in peace, Tim Wakefield. And, you know, that's pretty much about it, man. You know, it's been a crazy, crazy time. Uh, to say the very least. So, you know, just, uh, oh, another, one more thing. Colorado, mm. with the college football. Okay. And I, I got another point too. A couple final thoughts. Colorado college football, Dion, can he bounce back with his son and his two sons and his team and his program? Can they bounce back after taking a couple brutal losses to Oregon and to, they played USC the USC, other day, right? Yeah. Oregon so, was bad. Yeah, Oregon was bad. USC, they almost uh, came back to one. Still, though, they lost. They lost, yeah. But if you can build moral victories off of a loss, you can. But I don't think Dion's doing that. No, he's not. So that's number one. And then number two, this whole Trevor Bauer situation. Yeah. I don't know if you saw it or not. I did. Crazy. That girl should get arrested. Yeah. You talk about fucking up a, a man's life right there. And And you know the funny thing is? I think people believed her because Trevor Trevor Bauer's a very quirky guy. Yes. Like he's very weird is the wrong word, but he's weird ish. He's just very and it's like We're he, all weird in our own way. Yeah, and it's like it's almost like he made people believe that he was wrong. Even though he knew he wasn't wrong. Right. But no, so I mean, you know, maybe I don't I don't know if he get another shot because the last we saw Trevor Bauer, he he wasn't pitching great. But prior to not pitching great. To not pitch great, he was pitching great. Right. So would he get a shot? I know he's uh, overseas doing uh, doing his thing there. Well, he's not Wander Franco. You no, that was that's a disaster. Yeah, his career is over. Yeah. His career, yeah. Tampa, Tampa should never bring yeah uh, bring him back. No, though. what Wander Franco did was just an absolute disgrace. Disgrace. But Trevor, good for you, pal. And hopefully, an MLB team finds it in their heart after doing their research to give you a shot. I still think he has something left. But we shall see. But he's just very... He's a quirky guy. Like you said. Very <laughs> weird. Quirky. Very weird. Yeah, very quirky guy. Yeah. But we'll find out. But you know what, though? We need more players like that to go out there on, on the social media and just be kind of sort of different than being the cookie-cutter baseball athlete right. that we're seeing right now at that point in time. So right. those are my final thoughts right there. A lot of final thoughts from both of us here. Sean, it's been a pleasure talking with you. My guy. Always sure. a pleasure. For the great Sean Thomas, a.k.a. Shawnee on Mike, we will come back with to you with an NHL preview. I'm Will Trucci logging out. We'll talk to you guys soon. Peace out. Stay safe out there, wherever you may be. And God bless you all. Sure. Peace out.